Doyle Carter will come with the split sermon titled Life's Lessons from This Old Trunk. That is off. I'm glad the janitor came in last, last night and corrected this clock, because it'd still be about, oh, 1210 if it wasn't changed. So just letting you know, I came in, and I, I tried to work with all the clocks in here, but I didn't get that one because I didn't want to be found three days later on the ground unconscious. But I took the ones all leveled where I could reach. And then when I practiced up here last night, I went, I looked at the clock and it said five something. I'm like, I've been here an hour picking up here and there, and getting things ready. And it's like, why is it saying five? And I realized it was behind in time. So I corrected it. <laughs> oh, and uh, so I don't get in trouble. I'm using the, the uh, King, new King James Version on this today. And the reason for that is because, and then I'll get into it in just a second. I boasted last time that the, my old Bible I called the veteran was not falling apart. Well, three days later, I picked it up and one of the pages fell out. So, we have, I have a new one. I got a good, good price, New King James. And I can read it, too. <laughs> one of the things my dad warned me last night when I was talking, kind of practicing this with him, he said, yeah, your eyes will get a little bit less efficient over time. Just be prepared for that. <laughs> Now, now, the topic of this was the lessons of life from this old trunk. I almost want to say that old trunk. Either way, it's the same principle. came from a decision I made recently. It was inspired by that decision. I've debated, I've been debating to move closer to this area so I can go ahead and first serve the church. And also because my job is only about a mile down the road, maybe two, give or take. And a car is no big deal, less than two minutes drive. And I've talked to co-workers who think I should move closer. And here, I say that because several of them think I'm crazy. It's like, you're driving all that distance to come here? It takes like almost 15, 20 minutes one way just to get here. And 169 is a pain sometimes because it takes in the afternoon sometimes 45 minutes. That's a lot of the day disappearing just going back and forth to work five days a week. But in this decision, a new consequence came up. Well, I don't want to lug all my stuff from one apartment to another. You know, moving's a pain because you, get, you gather so much. I've been there in that one for five years, so I just gather so much. And the title comes from one of the, one of the items I cleaned out. Because as you know, one Sunday, there was an ice storm. Mr. Brave wanted to go out and have fun, just check it out. And after about five minutes being pelted by ice, I changed my mind real quick. That was enough. I had enough winter. But so I decided to pull one of the trunks out. That's not a family antique related, but just one I used for storage and all. I didn't know what was in it. <laughs> I haven't looked at it for six years. I had no idea what was in it. I lifted it, and the bottom was all weak. The history behind it is that I found that trunk along like 15, 20 years ago, give or take, on the side of the road. I thought it was an ice trunk, good use for furniture, whatever. Brought it home, and from that point on, I threw stuff in it as storage. That's what trunks are for, and use it as furniture as well on the side. 
Well, in, I remember that I know how the bottom got messed up. Water got underneath the window or something and, and got into the wood because it's not a wood, it's, a, it's not a metal trunk like my grandfather's, which would just rust a little. This thing has wood with actual metal bands holding the wood. That was one. And, there was some, and the wood has been weakening over the years. So I thought, well, I'll see what's in it. I don't want to move any of this stuff, primarily. When I looked in it, I discovered some good stuff. I found old dinosaurs I've bought. Uh, some feast memories from like San Antonio and other places. Okay, good. And I found some not so good stuff. Like I had a credit card once and they were collection bills that I've long since taken care of. <laughs> but they were collection bills from 1996, give or take. And I, can, I used to, one of my habits, I used to keep old bills and things like that. I had bank statements. Why do I want bank statements from 1996? Come on, I can go to the bank and get copies. Plus, plus, it's also an identity uh, a threat because if somebody got that, they can easily do whatever. So what I did was sort it out, shredded the unnecessaries, got goodwill taken care of. But while I was doing it, I thought about that a minute. I thought about this truck actually does, get, even though it's physical, gives some spiritual lessons for us to consider. Because we can apply at least a spiritual means to it as well. Because in our lives, we gather in time, we actually do gather stuff in our lives. Paranoias, fears, some good, some bad things, personality traits and, and the like. I gotta get mad traffic. So that, that's something new. I haven't used to do that. It's one of those, ah. So I said about 169, looking at Ron's going, 169, yeah, it's one of those that just drives me nuts. People will cut you off and do whatever. And, and temperance would be a good thing to learn on that a little bit. But we gather through little personality traits and things over time, and we don't, a lot of times, like me, I don't always check it. I just let it just continue to snowball. And one of the lessons I was thinking about, there's three points here. The first lesson is we must be willing to go into the trunk of our lives and be willing to examine the items in it. A lot of people don't do that. I've met someone who actually told me, I cannot believe he said this. He said, I have never sinned in my life. He openly said it. Now, this is a long time ago. This is somebody I worked with. And, I, and the first scripture, and Mr. Gregory can always remind me later, but it was in Romans. I remembered it then. It said, all men, ha all men have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And, and I quoted that, and he said, well, I've never committed adultery, and I never lied, and I never... So I didn't know how to get around that. But we all have fouled up, and we all have... But we need to examine our lives. Like the trunk, like I say, our lives gather up stuff. And I was as I was talking to someone else later today, this is a good time to mention this because in a month from now, give or take, it'll be Passover. And as Paul says in First Thess, uh, sorry, misspoke, First Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. It's my first scripture of the day. And thanks to one of the wise gentlemen in the church. I put tabs in here now, so tab number one's gone. In 1 Corinthians 11.28, Paul is, tells them, and this is Passover related, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now granted he is speaking Passover, but this is also a lifelong thing, we are to examine ourselves and look at ourselves. It's almost like a practice now to do that. Because 
just because it, it, we gather stuff in time, like the trunk. I just threw stuff in there. I just opened up, threw stuff in there, and went, okay, stored it. Didn't even think twice. Now I look back and like, I should have shredded this, shredded that, got rid of this, pulled the dinosaurs out, put them out, display, you know, whatever I want to do. Yes, I like toy animals. What do you expect? And then to go further in this, this is kind of a tangent, but it's there. In verse 31, on the same, in 1 Corinthians 11, it speaks that, let's see, for if we judge, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I'm gathering from that, because Ian covered it at the feast. He mentioned that if we judge ourselves or look at ourselves and try to see what we do wrong, then it, you know, basically God, that's a good thing, because we need to do that. I can't think of anything else. Now, in this evaluation, when we do evaluate ourselves, we are allowed to ask God to come in. I, I say this because we see in Psalms 26.2. Get to the right Psalms. There you go. Psalms 26.2. David. This would be an example of just an ongoing one. David actually mentions, ask God this. He says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. So we're, yes, we can examine ourselves, but we also ask God because we are deceitful to ourselves. We tend to think we're perfect when we're not. And asking God to come in, he can tell us, he may reveal to us something we weren't aware of as a fault. So. This is what I thought of just to kind of throw in. It was in James 1, 22 through 25. It's kind of a connector. I couldn't think of a connector in here. It's my way of saying I had a thought, but I couldn't quite connect it perfect. I had to pray about it, so this one came up. It, this morning, I thought of mirrors, and then it suddenly crossed my mind. Just a moment here, if you don't mind. Okay. In verse, uh, just, so in verse 22, it says, But be a doer of the word, and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself, or deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and is not a doer, is like a man observing his face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away immediately and forgets what kind of man he was. That was my connector, because some people do examine their own lives, but then they just kind of walk away like, okay, I have this problem and just don't do anything about it. And I know people who do that, I've, and sometimes I think I do it too, and inadvertently not thinking about it, but hey, Correction does come to take care of it. But examining is not the only thing. It's just the beginning of the process. And to continue in 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not, is a not, is not a forgotten hearer, but a doer of the work, this is the one who, okay, this one will be blessed in what he does. Practice the others, I didn't practice this one as much. But the basic principle was that if you look at the law of liberty, do not forget what you've seen. 
and try to start working with it. You are a doer. And like the trunk, lesson, lesson number two I was looking at. We must sort out the bad traits in our character. character. Yes, well, of course, look for the good ones as well. We must sort out our, our traits. There's a, like I did with the bills. I had a bad pile and a good pile. Eh, simple language, but it works. <laughs> I consider that the, uh, the credit card bills is bad, so they immediately got in there. But we are to sort out, because if we don't sort out, even if we examine, we don't always know what is good and bad. And like I said, I definitely am going to keep the feast items I found, because they were neat. And it's like the days on bread. I wasn't even trying to make this a days on bread sermon, but it kind of patterns it. The same analogy works. We're to take leavening out of our lives in the next couple of months, in about a month, so when the days on bread shows up, we have no leavening in our homes, in our cars, or wherever, church, or wherever. Now, my, now, the Bible does give us, now, we have many tools to find out to do this sorting. We can do prayer, Bible study, fasting, you name it. But I'm going to, and we can use many scriptures in the Bible. But I've called on Paul, because Paul gives this litany of lists in Galatians 5 of some things we can definitely look for. As we go to, it'll be Galatians 5, 19. In Galatians 5.19 it says, for, for, okay. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, and I'm not going to read them all, but there's a big list. So Paul gives us the works of the flesh, and then he says in verse 21, when you read through that, again, 21 it says, envy, murder, drunkenness, reverie, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice these things will not enter the kingdom of God. So you want a bad list? There's a big bad list right there. You've got a lot of things that you can look, like murder, hatred. I mean, these are characteristics we need to remove out of our characteristics. But, he, but there's a positive side. We can also keep the good, like I said. You know, like I said, I pick on the toy dinosaurs. But, and other things, but there's good. We can, we can find these things. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such as no law. So as we sort out, we can sort out our lives, we can use this as well as other parts of the Bible, the Bible has a bunch of items we can actually work with as a way to sort out our lives to determine what is good and bad in our character to remove it. And I definitely want to improve on the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, especially the temperance and traffic. I don't know why that bugs me as I get older. It just does. I used to be a little more calm about it. The third lesson. So we identify. So, okay, so we identify them. We identify and sort out the good, the bad, and all that, like I did with mine. The third lesson is we should remove all unnecessary items, such as listed in our lives, listed in Galatians 5, 
and in many other parts of the Bible. We should go ahead and try to remove these bad behaviors. But the thing is, we can't do it ourselves, as I said before, because they are there. I mean, like, I mean, when I say that, it's because we have an obstacle. I just had to gather a thought a minute, because this was a last-minute thought as well. We do have an obstacle. It's called sin, and it just snowballs. We see it in our society. We see it in... It's just sins of snowballs. It's like it shows in leavening in, in the days of bread, where the leavening actually puffs up. It continues the growth. And when we need Christ to actually remove our sins. I mean, we can work on it. We must try to strive to overcome. We must strive to see what our problems are and, and, and things that are good. Let's say we have good characteristics. We need to strive to make them better. As we, and, and as the scripture of reference here, in 1 John 1, 9. In 1 John 1, 9, it states, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our, of our sins to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is willing to work with us. So if we start examining and start saying, okay, I have this problem. Like, like I say, I pick on my driving, but there's other things I do. I get impatient with customers and people and things. But, and everyone has their own problems, you know. Whatever it is, we come to God and confess it. We, this is my problem. I need to fix it. He is faithful to help us. He is faithful to cleanse us of all, for, of all unrighteousness. That's a good, that's, and we even see David saying the very same thing in Psalms 1, 103, verses 10 and through 12. Give me just a moment. I may have mismarked this just a little bit. Oh, here we go. Got it. Hey, they work, though. I'm faster. I'm there. Now, until I get used to this Bible, it's going to be one of those I'll probably have to do the mark thing because, you know, the veteran Bible, I'd been there in a heartbeat, except for the page would fall out. It, and it was in Psalms when the pages fall out, fell out. And it started to crack in the back, too. I said, eh, you're, you're retired. Somebody will inherit it one day. And that's, my dad had input, I'm going to say at the end, on that one, it's relating similar to that. And now it's like I say, back into Psalms 103, 10, uh, 10 through 12. It says, For he, God, has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquity. And I am very glad he doesn't either. I'd be in a lot worse shape today if I was punished for whatever, by what I have done, according to the way I've done it. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Or as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. He can do that. If we have fear in God, and we, okay, say, we tell God we got an inventory of stuff we at least see, we can work with. We, can, we put it to him. He can remove it as far as the east is the west. And we can just keep striving to overcome. 
As I said, I wasn't going to move a lot of that stuff. It's unnecessary. My back can't handle it anymore anyway. As I said, I'm probably going to get rid of a lot of other stuff too. So, yeah, some things are going to goodwill, I found, so at least somebody gets something out of it. But the, this, this trunk did present these lessons with that is our life. It's like that trunk is our life. And this is why my dad actually thought of, I was talking to him. He's actually a good source this time. He actually stayed on the phone for a little longer. He sometimes is off rushing off. And tonight, last night he was just like, hey, I'll, talk, I'll listen, no problem. He thought of it this way. He thought of it as our life as a, a think of it this way, son, you're getting older. And I said, yep. And he says, I'm middle-aged. I said, yep. And he says, I'm going to get to be the older man. <coughs> and I can say it the way I was going to say it. He said, in your physical body, you gather, or your physical self, you gather lots of stuff. I mean, mental traits and all. And a lot of people don't bother in their life to ever clean it out. And like that trunk you have that your body wears down and all that, you gather all this. And in life, we are called to get better. We are called to get better and better, more, become more godly. And he said, that's a good analogy, son, that you would think that the stuff in there needs to be reviewed because eventually that trunk's going to have to be trashed. It'll be a new trunk or whatever tr means you want. I'd probably get a trunk, another one for furniture and storage and, and more junk together. But he said, you wear out and God's going to have to provide a new body. Or new, and he will not allow that junk to be put into that new body. And I thought that was a very good analogy for my dad. Because I never thought of it that way, because as we already read in, for, in um, Galatians, he says, the works of the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's all there is to it. You've got to go work those out. So, the le so we can learn many things from just the physical cleaning of this old trunk, or the lesson from this trunk. First, we are to examine our, daily, examine our lives on a daily basis, Especially now, with Passover coming around the corner in about a month, we're called to, by 1 Corinthians 10, 28, we're called to go ahead and examine ourselves. We are to, we are to sort out the characteristics that we see that we need to work on and, and work with. And then we are to basically take them to God and try to overcome them and allow his forgiveness and mercy to work with us. Because God has a great plan for us and he wants us all to make it. And if we just do our part, and like I say, some of it's not our fault. We're human. We just happen to, we gather stuff. It's the way it is. We're physical. It's a part of life. And just as a side, guess what I found? I don't know if people in there can see it. This is from June, uh, January 20th of 1966. You know, Rick doesn't change much on this, you know? I meant to pull this out earlier, I just didn't find it quick enough, but the only thing changed is I think we were part of another organization, there's stuff in the back, but as far as the interior, it's almost identical. There was even 90 people that day, and there was a contribution of 1,452, so, dollars. But to, but to summarize this, is basically, if you take the lessons of this and apply it to our lives, that so we examine, sort our lives out, and try to improve ourselves with God's help, because we are his children, we are to allow him in. For he, we do that, he has a promise of a kingdom of God and eternal life ahead of us. So, I thank you for this opportunity. Y'all have a good. Uh,